You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, great Illini football recruiting chat. And uh, we brought in one of the best guys at 24-7 Sports. Known him a while, uh, enjoy the heck out of him as a person, but he's even better at his job. National recruiting analyst Alan True is going to join us to weigh in on Illinois football recruiting. What he thinks about their start in the class of 2024 with three commitments so far, but a huge month ahead with a bunch of official visitors. So we uh, hear from him about what he thinks about Brett Bielma's staff and how they're doing in recruiting, and we get in-depth and break down a lot of top in-state prospects who are taking official visits. Also, I've talked to him about some of the other areas in the Midwest that Illinois is starting to get a little bit more involved recruiting, and we ask him about the new coaches in the Big Ten, how they're impacting the recruiting trail. Matt Rule at Nebraska, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, Illinois in a lot of head-to-head battles with Wisconsin right now, as well as former friend. I guess he's still he's still a pretty close friend of all the guys in the Illini staff, but now a foe in the Big Ten, Ryan Walters. He's had a pretty good start to recruiting, uh, which I don't think is too unexpected, but Illinois and Purdue battling it out on the recruiting trail as well. We ask Alan all about that. Uh, We're waiting on Illinois basketball news, whether it's Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, who wrapped up the NBA draft combine, or of course, Ray J. Dennis. If anything happens, of course, we will have an emergency podcast at some point to talk about that Illini basketball news. But Derek Piper has a great new mailbag, gives his confidence meter on all those guys potentially returning and dives into some prep recruiting matters as well. So check that out. And I just unleashed the new big board. It was actually suggested. We did a VIP uh, survey and I love getting your guys feedback. We're always looking to get better. Uh, I'm, I'm not too overconfident in myself that uh, I, I can't take suggestions from anybody. Uh, and you guys have given some great feedback. Uh, some of it uh, I'm, I don't agree with. Some of it, a lot of it, I do agree with. And we're taking it to heart. But some of you guys gave some suggestions as well. And I don't remember exactly who. So shout out to you, uh, whoever did. But you said, how about a big board that you can kind of reference throughout the year on football recruiting? Because I get it. Football recruiting, there's a lot of names. There's a lot to keep track of. So we have one hub where you can go get that. Uh, it took some work. But I think it turned out pretty dang well. So you can check that out, the new big board. We'll update that throughout the year. It's got offers, top targets, scheduled official visitors, and 
my confidence meters. And I'm going to update those frequently. So uh, you can kind of get a read of, of where Illinois stands with all its top targets. So we'll look to do that with basketball at some point as well. Uh, it seems like it's more important to do it with transfers than, than preps even nowadays. But we'll look to do that uh, at some point as well with basketball. But you can check that all out at IlliniInquire.com. It's just $1 to be a VIP member. So that's uh, some of the VIP stuff you're seeing on the site right now. All right. Let's not uh, delay any further. Alan True has got great insight on Illinois football recruiting and their top in-state targets. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Happy to have on Alan True, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, our expert in the Midwest. And uh, we're going to go over a lot of in-state targets for Illinois football with Alan. But uh, Alan, June is is upon us soon. Uh, we're recording this on, on May 19th. June has become the big month in, in football recruiting. So I'm, I'm sure you're you're prepping for a kind of crazy month ahead. Yeah, thank you to the NCAA for putting <laughs> college camps and official visits and all of that into the same month. It is a it is a real sprint that month. It is, in a way, I guess a little bit nice that we jam everything into spring evaluation in May, which we're dealing with right now, and then everything happens in June, and then it does allow you to really take July largely off before you get into the August camp season, like fall camp and getting into the high school season. But June is very, very busy. Well, Alan, we're sitting here with Illinois and they have three commitments in the class of 2024. Trey Petty, the quarterback, uh, defensive lineman, Angel McCollum out of Ohio and, and Brandon Hansen, who the last time I saw him, man, he's getting huge uh, out of Mundelein, Illinois. Um, obviously things are starting to heat up, but what, what do you think of their start to the class of 2024? I think it's a good start, and I think it's they fo- they're following the formula that they have 
uh, under Brett Bielema, which is starting a little bit more local than what we're used to. Um, I say this every time I'm on with you, but it hasn't been that many years since people were asking, like, is Illinois going to recruit the Midwest at all? Are they going to recruit their home state at all? And that narrative has quickly been washed away. We don't ask those questions anymore. And now it's it's very much an emphasis. But I think when you look at the start of the class to get an in-state guy, to go into a very talent-laden state like Ohio and pick up a commit and then have a quarterback in the class, like that's a good foundation. And then I think, which we're about to talk about, when you look at who that they've been able to get on campus for unofficial visits and then who they're able to get back for official visits, I think that's even uh, arguably more important in kind of showing the momentum of the class and how well this staff is recruiting because uh, there's a lot of schools now angling to get these guys on campus. So for them to be able to get the kids that they're about to have up in June, I think also speaks to um, their recruiting efforts. Yeah. Some, some fans ask me is like, should I be worried about this yet, Alan? And the one thing I tell them is, you know, it's all about June right now. I mean, that's kind of how they've built this up, uh, but they've set it up to where they could have a really good June. So they have to close, but they've done the work to, I mean, we're going to talk about seven of the top 17 in-state prospects are going to take official visits at least so far and could add maybe one like Marquise Lightfoot down the road. Like that, that seems like a, a better start than what Illinois had going into to previous summers. Yeah. And like I said, these are, we're not talking about guys who, only have a few offers. We're talking about guys who could take a lot of official visits elsewhere who are choosing to use one uh, uh, with Illinois. And, you know, these are some guys that also may not take all five. They're going to take three or four or two in some cases, and they're using one of those visits on Illinois. So again, I think um, it's it's easy to kind of look at some of these other classes and say some, there's some big 10 classes with double digit commitments, but I think that when I look at Illinois, I, I'm with you. I'm not concerned about where their efforts are when you look at what's still left out there and the upside left still in this class. Uh, let's be honest. Let's look back a little bit, Alan. Illinois was kind of bullied on the trail for, for most of the previous decade by some Power 5, Big Ten programs. Uh, but what's the word on them now? A couple of years into Brett Bielma and his staff being here, when you talk to prospects, parents, high school coaches, other you know, Power 5 coaches, like w what's the word with Illinois? Well, I think first – um, the staff is very personable and I think when, and, and they prioritize kids, you hear that word a lot. Like they really prioritize, prioritize me. They make me feel wanted there. And, and you heard that a lot in the April unofficials. And I think that you realize that that's not just recruit speak because of how many of those kids have then turned around and set officials. So those kids said, yeah, they really make me feel good here. And then they never come back then you know that maybe that they're just giving a nice quote in an interview, but they've put their money where their mouth is and actually set the official visits to come back, which I think that's tough to do at times. And so I think that's number one. Number two, I think that they've uh, certainly emphasized the region that I cover more. And I just think that that's, that's a great strategy. It makes it easier to get those guys up for unofficial visits. And I think that that's bearing fruit. And then the last thing I think is that the kids and the parents and the high school coaches have seen progress on the field. And I think that uh, you can be as personable as you want on the trail, but I don't think it matters unless they feel like your program's heading in the right direction and you can win some games. And so when you add those elements together, I think that's where you have the official visit list for June that you have right now. Before we dive into the in-state uh, angle here and, and some of the top guys visiting next month, I want to ask you about the region. Right. Because when I had some success under Ron Zook and, and Tim Beckman, even in Ohio, uh, but Lovey Smith got away from that, really relied on Florida and, and Texas. 
But now you're seeing Illinois really getting to Michigan, really getting to Wisconsin. Um, seen them offer kids in, in Iowa and Nebraska. Obviously, they continue to, to recruit Missouri uh, as well. But now George McDonald tries to get in Indiana. What, what do you think is is the potential of Illinois in, in some of those neighboring states? I think the potential is there. I think more than ever, when I look around the Big Ten, the schools are kind of swimming in each other's pools a lot more. You know, it wasn't when I when I started the idea that anybody would ever try to go into Wisconsin and challenge Wisconsin on a Wisconsin kid was, it seemed silly to even try. Now I think kids are so much more open to leaving their home state. I think social media and huddle and all the way that they get recruited is because of that. So I see more kids leave Wisconsin than ever before. I see more kids at least leave Iowa to take visits. You know, a couple of years ago, Nebraska came over into Iowa and got the number one player in the state, Thomas Fedoni. It doesn't happen a lot previously. And then I think, I believe it was Iowa or somebody else then came into Nebraska and took their top guy. Like these schools are all going at each other in their backyards. I think you have to do that. And I think the kids more than ever are willing to get on a variety of campuses, get outside of their comfort zones, have a conversation with a lot of coaches because of social media and texting. So I think you have to cast a wider regional net and i like the way that illinois is doing that and you're seeing some of that momentum and they're getting in early on guys you know if, if you talk about the state of wisconsin and you see a couple of 25s that they've already offered you know i think they were the first to offer cooper catalano for instance like if you can do some of that it improves your chances of winning those battles down the road let's focus now on in-state because we, we brought made a big deal out of this illinois struggling for so long well they're starting to make real big inroads i think they signed 22 in-state prospects uh since brett bielma has arrived infamously illinois signed zero and lovey smith's uh you know second to last recruiting class so i want to kind of break down each player you don't have to go long here alan but just give your thoughts on the prospect and just where illinois stands i, I know they're shooting for the moon here but uh marquise lightfoot the four-star edge rusher out of Kenwood has visited Illinois a, a couple of times and in Illinois obviously had a good defensive front. So no, it's probably a long shot, but it, it seems like they've made an impression at least on them. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head. I do think that they've made an impression. They're in the game. He speaks highly of Illinois, but it is a long shot. You know, I, I think he's getting close to um, naming, you know, a top five and some official visits. Not sure yet if Illinois will be within that. He's going to look at, uh, you know, I think Ohio state, Michigan, Miami, USC. Those are some of the schools that I hear regularly come up with him. Um, the staff at Kenwood really likes Illinois. He's been down there. They've recruited some of his teammates. They've also recruited some of the guys that you know he's played with or against, has a relationship in the past, a guy like Malik Elzey. Um, and so, you know, Illinois is, is getting into the city more, and I think that's helping them stay afloat with uh, Marquise Lightfoot. I know that he really likes the staff has spoken highly of them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that's one that's probably likely headed elsewhere. Yeah. Four-star Naperville North, uh, DB slash wide receiver, Luke Williams. It feels like more schools are recruiting as a DB, Illinois and Purdue, which could be a juicy recruiting battle with two staff selling the same thing. Uh, where do you think Illinois stands with Luke Williams? Yeah, I think those are the two right now. I mean, those are the two that he has the official visit set with. So it's easy to come to that conclusion, but they're neck and neck. I think that um, both staffs have done a really, really good job there. You obviously, you mentioned there's some some cross-pollination with some former Illinois staff members recruiting him. And so that one's going to be very interesting. I think that he's he's one where I mentioned before, like get on campus, feel like the staff is prioritizing him. Uh, he does know that it's leaning more DB, but the door is open for him to do some other things. 
Uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's just it's just harder to find de- uh, defensive backs with his size and athleticism than it is to find receivers with the same types of measurables. So I think um, that's why schools are leaning more towards defensive back with him. I don't have a clear leader there between those two. I don't know that he does either. And I think the official visits are going to help him hopefully reach that point because after the the unofficial visits and after the contact that he's had with both both schools, I think that is a, a very, very close recruitment right now between those two programs. Yeah, they're selling the same thing, which which makes this fascinating. I, I know he's close to David Alano, of course, high school teammate, uh, Jared Beatty, some other guys uh, at Illinois. So maybe that can help Illinois. Uh, another kid who's committed to another Big Ten program and, and now is is out there and, and going to take an official visit to Illinois at the end of the month is Austin Alexander, cornerback, kind of between the three-star and four-star ranking there, Alan. Uh, Marion Central on the south side of Chicago. So what do you think about where Illinois stands with him, uh, given that he really blew up? Michigan, USC came in and offered. Yeah, for, you know, he's a really, really good player. Um, I went down there to see him play, and he got hurt before I saw a solitary play and then didn't, didn't play towards the end of the season, and that's affected uh, his being able to go out and camp some places. I think had that not happened, we might be talking about a four-star prospect here instead of an 89 that's right on the borderline. So we'll see what happens as a senior. I think he's, he's got a shot together. He kind of actually reminds me of, I remember when we first started talking about Nate Hobbs and we kind of went like, why something's not lining up here with what we see on tape. And yeah, his we're the high man on him. Uh, yeah. We were both pretty high on him coming in. Looked pretty good now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so Austin at first was the same deal where it was like, he's got, I think he had Wisconsin and Toledo and he committed to Wisconsin. Um, now his recruitment, I think, has caught up to what the talent level is. And I think Illinois has done a good job of just staying in that one and chipping away and kind of weathering the early storm after his decommitment of, like you said, USC offered, Michigan offered, you know, Iowa came in and offered. There's, there's been some others. And I think Illinois has stayed there through that recruitment. I don't know how much a program like USC has continued to kind of stay in the forefront of that recruitment. And so I think as that's happened, Illinois has risen up the list and has been able to secure this official visit. So I think that they have a very real shot with him. Yeah, especially when you can sell a top five pick at that at that position. Uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. He's going to visit Kansas uh, as well next month uh, that you've reported. A big one, Alan. And uh, Illinois has got a good running back sell, but uh, Mount Carmel running back Darian Dupree also going to take visits to Wisconsin and Michigan. Also pretty good running back sells. Um, what do you think of that recruitment right now? Yeah, so he's, you know, got the Wisconsin crystal ball. I can see that. They've done a good job recruiting him. They're a program that has run the football. Um, it's a new staff, so he's getting to know them. But they did recruit him at Cincinnati. So I think it's more, for me, it's more Wisconsin, Illinois right now. I know he likes Michigan. He's going to take an official there. They have a commitment from a uh, top 247 running back in Jordan Marshall out of Ohio. So not certain that he'll favor being the second back in the class over going to a place where he could potentially be the feature back. And I think that certainly exists at Illinois, but he's another one where when you talk to him about Illinois, uh, the first thing that comes up is the staff and the way that they've recruited him and the way that they've prioritized him. And I can tell that that's important to him. I think he's picked that up at Illinois. That's why he's coming back for an official visit. So uh, I don't have a crystal ball pick in. I don't think that Evans Wisconsin pick is a bad one. I think the Badgers are very high in this recruitment. So Illinois is going to have to work to unseat them, but I definitely think that they have uh, more than a puncher's chance to do that. 
And this is what you want if you're Illinois, right? <laughs> Battling Wisconsin for a running back. Um, realistically, that that's a really good spot to be. Uh, one one guy I felt like they've they've been in a good spot for a while. Um, this coach, former Illini, uh, and that's uh, Tyshawn Griffin out of, out of Morgan Park. His coach, Chris James, a, a former Illini. He's going to take an official here in, in June. Uh, what do you make of that one? Yeah, same thing. I, I mean, I think he's. I think Illinois is one of the top schools there. You know, here's some probably common schools when you talk about who else is. Uh, a threat there. I think Purdue is one. I know he's mentioned Kansas State in the past. That's a little bit of a new one, but that, their staff does a good job and they come into the area and the region and do a nice job. But uh, I, I think Illinois is right there with any of them. I, th I think they have a really, really good chance there. I think they, again, he's another guy that when you're able to get these kids up for unofficial visits, I think it just helps. It helps set the scene. He did that, uh, I believe, in April and was able to get up there and uh, really started to build a good relationship with the staff. Now they've offered really early too. So he, he yeah. was, they were, I think he offered, they got an offer before this staff was even yeah. in place potentially. It was really, really early. And so he's been up a lot, very familiar. And I think that's going to help them in this recruitment. That's, that's one that as I looked at the list of who you sent me, you know, I, he would be high on the probability list of guys I think Illinois could get out of this group of official visitors. I would agree. Uh, one guy I kind of have always had circled as this could be like a, a litmus test recruit because all these guys are really important. But uh, Eddie Turk, even though his father went to Illinois, his sister goes to Illinois, is the type of lineman, suburban lineman, Illinois had struggled to land, uh, especially when Northwestern has been involved, Wisconsin has been involved. Uh, and he's going to take visits to Illinois and Northwestern. Just said he's going to take a visit to Miami as well. On Alliance Township, uh, I really like him as a prospect. Al, what do you think of him and what, what do you think of his recruitment? Yeah, I think the interesting thing about him is that as time's gone on and he's gotten bigger, I think he can be looked at as a possible two-way guy. I mean, I think he could go on either side of the ball. I think he's good at both of them when you have a kid, you know, that big and physical and, you know, early to the radar guy who played uh, varsity early, got recruited early, offered early, and now has kind of developed into his body. And is, it's just hard to find those body types on both sides of the ball with that ability. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what schools decide to do with them. But I think you just take as much size and talent as you can, and then you figure it out. Um, so I, I, and as far as his recruitment, I think it's similar to Austin Alexander, where Illinois has just stayed in there, stayed consistent. There's been other schools who have faded in and out. And, uh, and I think that they've remained very consistent with him. Another one that sounds like a broken record, but when you get these guys up unofficially yeah. in the spring, it really helps your chances. And you could tell that, Illinois' chances ramped up once he was able to get up there a little bit more and start to build the rapport and also see that, hey, these guys are serious about me. They want me. And so you mentioned this being a litmus test recruitment. He is going to visit those other schools. I think they're formidable opponents, but I think Illinois is right there in this one. That's another one that I could I could see them coming out on top on. Yeah, I, I've wanted to hit all these names, but it does feel like almost a broken record at this point because three-star week North Edge, Joe Barna, you caught up with him. I caught up with him after Illinois offered. It's like an Illinois-Wisconsin battle. Like This is becoming a pretty, pretty, uh, I guess, consistent story, Alan, where it's, where it's like they are battling what has been the Big Ten West best program along with Iowa. Yeah, it's interesting, too. When we watched this film for the first time in Value, this is before Illinois offered him. So the first name that popped in my head was Pat Farrell. I thought this, this kind of reminds me of Pat yeah. Farrell's junior film. And so uh, I, I think that there's a Illinois has a type there a little bit, and I think he fits into what they do. And so I think that's going to help. 
Um, another one that got on campus, you know, they, they offered him on an unofficial visit. They've been recruiting him really well. I think the staff, the defensive staff does a really good job on these defensive linemen. That's where you see a lot of high end defensive linemen. We, you know, we're talking about Lightfoot and Turk and those guys like keeping Illinois, um, in the forefront of their recruitments, the same here. Now, what I don't have a great feel for yet is Wisconsin and this new staff. And I think I'm still figuring out, you know, some of their relationships and how they'll do in a state like Illinois. I know they're going to recruit Ohio extremely well, have a lot of ties there. I do think they're really, really good recruiters. And that's how they were able to be as successful as they were at Cincinnati. And so now you're going to see that, you know, translate up into Madison. So this is, this is going to be, a, we have a couple of interesting first battles between Luke Fickle and Brett Bielma. This is one of them. Uh, I do think that, you know, in talking to him um, yesterday, he said, you know, he's not going to go to any camps. So he's not looking to go, you know, try to earn an offer yeah. from uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, or another regional program like that. Who, so I think he's seems pretty happy with the options he has right now. And it seems like the two that have risen to the forefront are Illinois and Wisconsin. And I think the official visits will make the difference. One of the most intriguing guys in the last in-state guy I'll bring up here is uh, the Pinckneyville tight end, Carson Conkle. I mean, Pinckneyville, very small town in downstate Illinois, but you turn on that film, Alan, and you go, wow, those are traits, those are tools. Uh, what do you think of, of Carson Conkle as a prospect? And obviously he's blown up Michigan State, uh, a bunch of other Power 5 programs have offered too. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty solid tight end year in the Midwest, but I think after the first couple, then you see a guy like Eric Carner just blow <laughs> way up Yeah, as school's got down into this okay who is who are the next guys i mean it's like pretty clear the six six with the tools that he has this has got to be one of the next guys up and so they've had uh, we've all had to kind of quickly figure out where exactly where pinckneyville is um, <laughs> not really on the the beaten path so i think that uh, i think he's got huge upside and i think just as we've had to us and the schools have quickly tr tried to figure out like okay where do we where does this guy belong? What kind of prospect is he? Um, where should he be ranked? I think he's in the same process of drinking from the fire hose a little bit of all of a sudden, you know, it was like, wow, I got Virginia Tech. It's a power five offer. And then he blinked and there were several big 10 schools. And so when I talked to him, you know, it's, it's, he's still figuring it out. And so I think of all the guys on the list, he probably, he might have the least familiarity with the schools that are recruiting him right now. And so I think the official visits for him, especially they're important for all the guys we mentioned. I think for him, it's going to be really important because it's going to be a chance for him to truly dig in and get a feel for these programs. He wasn't a guy that I think, I think all the guys that we mentioned before, had at least gone to some games or something at these schools in the past before their spring visits. I know that Car uh, Carson had gotten up to like many unofficial game visits in the fall. And so this is going to be his June is going to be very important. So I don't feel like there's, huge leans anywhere in that recruitment i think he's going in as an open slate and going to figure it out i would agree with you he's, he's an off shucks kid and i think he's kind of just taking in this moment like this is all pretty big for him uh so it'll be interesting to see what what happens with june but i, I want to ask you quickly about some of the the new big 10 coaches and how they've kind of impacted the trail here uh but before i do that i just, I just want to ask you like what's a fair expectation for illinois football recruiting whether it's rankings whether it's you know, prospects, like what, what do you think is a fair expectation for Illinois in the class of 2024? Yeah. So I, you know, we obviously, I understand why people look at the rankings so much 
and we do them and we do our best at them and we find them to be important. And I think over the years, the importance or lack of importance there has been exaggerated. I do think they're more important than generally given credit for. Um, and the NFL draft numbers back that up. That said, I think you have to look at trajectory and you have to see where the class finishes relative to expectations and where the program's at. Um, just to give an example, Michigan comes off of a playoff, college football playoff appearance a year ago, and they have a class that's in the top 20, which most programs would love, but it's not where they expected because of their playoff appearance. And so most people consider that class a disappointment where then you have like a new staff at Nebraska who comes in and signs the top class in the big 10 West. And it's much lower than Michigan's class, but based on the expectations, you view that number differently. And I think it's the same thing with Illinois. I think you have to look at the individual battles. Um, like I think last year's class, regardless of where it finishes, you land Malik Elzey, that's a huge uh, notch for the program. You land um, Caden Fagan. That's a huge land for the program. And a guy with, with that kind of upside, you go and late, you can get in on a guy like Colin Dixon and bring him in. So I think you have to look at some of those individual wins more so than the class rank. So I think Illinois, you know, I think you want to see a little improvement every year. They were 55th overall uh, last year. They were 42nd with the composite just in recruiting high school recruiting. And I think they can do a little better than that this year, yeah. especially if they can get a couple of the guys we just talked about. So I think you want to see a little bit of improvement. We would like to see them in the thirties. I think that's a reasonable expectation. I think they can do it. And I think that that would be a really, really good sign of progress. Um, but, you know, as, as I think we're going to talk about the competition's heating up uh, in this conference. Yeah. The big Ten keeps loading up with coaches. I mean, to add Luke fickle to add Matt rule and, and, and I, I couldn't say better things about Ryan Walters and my interactions with him and covering him. Uh, so, so what has been the impact of, of those new coaches uh, on big 10 recruiting? It's just made everybody have to up their game, I think. And that was already there. It's funny. There was a one, there was an influx at once of the previous group in the big 10. I think, you know, PJ Fleck and Jeff Brom and Scott Frost, like all those guys came in kind of at the same time. And it was like everybody up in their game. You know, I think I noticed at that time, the schools who had sort of kept to one formula for a long time, like Wisconsin and Iowa had to rethink what they were doing recruiting wise. I think Northwestern did a little bit too. I think at the same time, Matt Campbell came in at Iowa state. And even though that's not a big 10 school, they pushed, schools to reassess what they do in recruiting. I think that's happening now also with these new personalities, the more aggressive recruiting styles that they're going to bring. Um, they're doing things differently though. It, Luke Fickle is going a bit more regional. They, they, they put out, you know, I think that they are um, very active. It seems on social media, they're getting kids on campus. Nebraska's going a lot more national. They're looking for traitsy type guys. You're not seeing them battle in on the Carson Conkles and the Austin Alexanders and the Darian Duprees as much. They're going to different places. So you don't, they're not going to run into these other programs as much. And then Ryan Walters is actually, I think they've taken this underground approach. I think they closed off spring practice. And that's something that I feel like their recruiting efforts have been too, of like, we're going to kind of do what we do under the radar 
Uh, we don't want anybody to kind of notice that we're doing well over here. I thought they had maybe the sleeper class of the conference in 2023. They kind of sneakily had a really good class. They've kind of sneakily started pretty strongly here. I think they have eight or nine commits in the 2024 class. And so even though you don't hear much maybe about them, I, it seems like that's by design with Purdue. So it's not quite the same as when PJ and Scott Frost and Jeff Brown all kind of came in and kicked the door down at the same time because these new coaches have different styles. But I do think that it's it's producing some interesting recruiting battles when you see how often Illinois and Purdue and Wisconsin at least are running into each other. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. But uh, you know, Illinois competing with those programs, that's what you want to see. And you know, they've competed, won some against Iowa, obviously lost some against Wisconsin last year to be interesting to see. Uh, how they do against those schools coming up this year. Alan True gave us more than about a half hour of time. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, get some sleep in June, man. I'm going to get sleep before June so that I'm ready to go for June and then I'll sleep again in July. But and never a problem. Thanks for having me. Great stuff as always from the great Alan True. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan True. That's T-R-I-E-U. We got some big stuff coming up on the podcast. Looking forward to one guest I've been wanting to get for a while and uh, I'm supposed to record that later today. This is Friday, May 19th that I'm recording this. Uh, so looking forward to that. It's a, it's a long-form conversation I've been wanting to have with a guy I respect. Um, uh, he's a guy that's a, that's a legend. So uh, I'm looking forward to recording that one here in a few minutes, actually. So be on the lookout for that on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.